FreedomFoodsIndiana.com is here to bring fresh fruits and vegetables right to your door. No need to ever leave the home or deal with the stress that is having to go to the store. FreedomFoodsIndiana.com makes it easy to order fresh fruits and vegetables online with the click of a mouse. I'm Rob Kendall. I love FreedomFoodsIndiana.com and I know you will too. It's a great way to keep your family eating right without the hassle of having to shop. FreedomFoodsIndiana.com Rob Kendall, Abdullah Keep Shabazz, and soon-to-be Jim Merritt. The program is Statehouse Happenings, your weekly look at what's going on with Indiana politics and government. Jim Merritt will join us here in a little bit. How are you, my friend? Doing good. Uh, it was interesting uh, election night. Yeah. Uh, not just Indianapolis, but nationwide. Yeah, obviously, most of our show today, I think, probably, in fact, all of our show, will focus on the elections in uh, central Indiana, across the state of Indiana, and maybe we'll get into a little bit nationally. Uh, let's. I'll tell you this, though. Uh, can we make a trip to Ohio? Uh, well, okay, so we'll get into Ohio. <laughs> In a, in a little no, bit for the marijuana not yep. for anything else yes thank you <laughs> thanks for the cl- clarification there um let's let's start with obviously kind of an overview i don't see a theme in indiana last night because on one hand you got sue finkham in carmel who kind of exceeded expectations you've got joe hogsett who kind of hit the expectation and then you got surprises like in lawrence where all the republicans got thrown out so like was there a a theme last night Actually, the theme was the more things change, the more they stay exactly the same. Ah. Because not just here in Indianapolis where uh, Joe Hawks had won, uh, but in Lawrence where Deb Whitfield uh, won. Uh, Sue Finkham up in Carmel, John Stirrup up in Zionsville, Chris Jensen up in Noblesville. But if you look at other cities uh, across the state where, where the seat technically flipped, yeah. uh, for example, uh, Evansville, uh, they got a new mayor to replace Lloyd Winnicky. Terre Haute. Uh, Terre Haute. Uh, Duke Bennett lost to the, to the younger guy. Those were all... Democratic areas to begin with. Terre Haute's always been a Democratic city. Evansville's always been a Democratic city. So once you get the, the sort of moderate Republican who can win, you know, after serving two or three terms, things just sort of go back to how they yeah. were how they were before. So Terre Haute's Democrat. Yeah. Evansville, Democrat. Indianapolis, Democrat. So at the end of the day, what really changed? Not a whole lot. Yeah, and we talked about this the other day. Uh, in fact, with Mark Deedle, the, the realtor, was on our Kendall and Casey show. When you look at something like a place like Terre Haute, it is now the 15th largest city in the state of Indiana. There was a one point where Terre Haute was like a stronghold, like it was one of the main cities in the city of in the state of Indiana. It's just not anymore. So it's not this like huge deal. And I think a lot of people have left. The people, it's kind of like the towny lifers. It's like me, the me version of Brownsburg. <laughs> it's Terre Haute. And so you just get kind of the default people. You don't have an influx of new people, unlike the you know the donut counties. So you're right. I think you kind of eventually, when an, an anomaly, like in the case of Duke Bennett, who was the Republican who won several times in Terre Haute, once he calls it a day, well, I mean he, I guess he called it a day by force, not by choice. But once he's been, let me rephrase it. Once he's been there long enough, the people kind of get tired of that. Then. It just goes back to the way it was. Exactly. Uh, and the same thing, actually, with Indianapolis, when Greg Ballard won in 2007-2011, uh, Republicans out there on a winning streak. Turns out, nope, Marion County's a Democratic city. Joe yeah. Hogsett. Yeah. Um, were you surprised? We'll get into Indianapolis here. We'll, we'll take a break here in just a second, then Jim Merritt's going to join us. Were you surprised at Carmel? before? Because I think Indianapolis is kind of its own thing. Were you surprised at Carmel? Not that Sue Bingham won. I think we both agreed she was probably going to win. She's unoffensive enough. For Carmel, um, that, that, how about that for a phraseology? Um, but she won pretty easily. Yeah, uh, and at the at the end of the day, and I think what I think what helped uh, Sue Finkel was number one, she was on the council. Number two, she's a businesswoman. Number three, that whole "Moms for Liberty" stupid Nazi poster thing that Miles Nelson kept bringing up 
and trying to hit Sue with. That has, like, first of all, Moms for Liberty and the school thing have nothing to do with the Carmel mayor's raise. The mayor has nothing to do with those organizations. Uh, Sue denounced them early on. And so I think I think that was sort of the, the, the game changer. When people thought that Miles had a shot, uh, that's when it didn't happen. And this is, a, this is also the flip side of sort of nationalizing an election. It doesn't necessarily work in all cases. Yeah, that's a great point. And, and we'll get into this a little bit with the whole Shreve thing. That, and you and I have talked about this for years, that elections are a lot about relationships. When it's all said and done, whether it's a mayor's race or it's a um, – it's a uh, referendums or whatever. They're about relationships. Exactly. And those relationships, uh, here's an example. If I want, if I think my wife has maybe gained a pound or two, because yeah. it happens over time, mm-hmm. I, it, it probably wouldn't behoove me to say, honey, you got fat. You need to go work out. It's probably better for me to say, you know what, sweetie? Let's go for a walk today. It's a nice day outside. Yeah. That's how you do that. It's, build, it's building those relationships. And if you don't build the relationships, you can't get things done. Yeah, because in the case of Sue Finkham, I mean, she wins 56.6% of the vote. Um, I mean, that's a resounding win. A lot of people thought, thought that was going to be a toss-up. And, and that has to be kind of a relationship thing. And I think more so Nelson didn't, didn't foster the relationships in the sense of talking about things that people cared about. Nobody cares about that Moms for Liberty thing. It doesn't affect whether your toilets are going to flush. It doesn't affect the roads. It doesn't affect public infrastructure. None of that stuff matters. People looked at Sue Bingham and said she's not, you know, a, an extremist. She's not a Nazi. And so that doesn't, that narrative doesn't work with her. So you're just barking in the wind and people are going, talk about the things I I care about. Because for the narrative to work, it has to be believable. That's that's the, that's the biggest thing when... Uh, even even in the worst lie in the entire world, for for the lie to work, people have to believe in the lie. And people did not believe, you know, that Sue Finkham uh, was was a big supporter of, of the whole Nazi thing. That was ridiculous. Well, she needs to speak out more. Like, well, she said she denounced it. What the hell more do you people want? Yeah. All right. Let's take a break. When we come back, we're gonna Jim Merritt will join us. We we're talking about Indianapolis last night. Obviously, big win for Joe Hogsett. We'll talk about why Shreve didn't do better and more. It is Statehouse happenings here. All across the state, not just on 93 WIBC. <laughs> FreedomFoodsIndiana.com is here to bring fresh fruits and vegetables right to your door. No need to ever leave the home or deal with the stress that is having to go to the store. FreedomFoodsIndiana.com makes it easy to order fresh fruits and vegetables online with the click of a mouse. I'm Rob Kendall. I love FreedomFoodsIndiana.com, and I know you will, too. It's a great way to keep your family eating right without the hassle of having to shop. FreedomFoodsIndiana.com. Rob Kendall, Jim Merritt, Abdul Keep Shabazz. The program is Statehouse Happenings, your weekly look at what's going on with Indiana politics. All right, uh, Jim, let's get to Indianapolis now. And Abdul and I kind of kick-started the program, talking kind of an overview of what happened last night, what the, the, the kind of the what's meet the new boss, same as the old boss. A lot of things reverted back to the way they were. You had traditionally Democrat places like Evansville and Terre Haute kind of resetting that. You had a traditionally Republican place like Carmel kind of reasserting that. Um, but let's talk about Indianapolis. And you were you, now, Jim, you can lift the stain of being the most recent uh, Republican <laughs> nominee for mayor in the city of Indianapolis. Congratulations. That albatross now belongs to Jefferson Tree. Well, it, um, it was a rough day for Jefferson and the Republican Party in Marion County. And I, uh, I, I just kind of wonder if we're if we're going to get away from having abortion on the ballot, uh, and and as well as is straight line ticketing in in Marion County always going to be the death knell of the Republican Party on election day? Yeah, Let's- because I want to say Republicans 
Democrats had like 20,000 more straight ticket voters this go around than Republicans did. And so there were a lot of people just going in yeah. straight, straight D, straight R. Uh, but the, and, I, and I think that that was I think that was the hill that Jefferson had to overcome that straight ticket gap. And once again, it's what did it to you. It's what also did it uh, to uh, uh, Carrasco. Carrasco. Yeah. That, the that prosecutors straight, race, yeah. That, that straight ticket voting. The, the trick is if you get rid of straight ticket voting, can you just do it for Marion County or. Yeah. Well, no one out in the outstate, no one out there will buy it. Yeah, be, yeah, because the the Republic. Let's face it, Jim. The Republicans are invested in straight ticket voting because it helps them everywhere, but basically Marion and Lake County. Right? That's no question about it. And and it, but who knows if it would change or not? I uh, that was one heck of a quick campaign, and and I've said this many times that somebody who is running for mayor that's going to invest all that money should start back in July of twenty. 22 abdul and it, it's just a it's a long long process where you people have to get to know you and you have to get to know people and if you're going to make that in kind of investment uh being the last to file in february uh and having a having a, a boat race if you will uh for 10 months i did that and we can see how that went and so it, it's a difficult slog for the Republican Party in Marion County. Yeah, I mean, it's just losses across the board. I mean, like look, like some of these are just unbelievable. At least with Shreve, it was the kind of the chalk, which is 59.7 for Hogshead, 40.3 for Shreve. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, look at some of these. Uh, Brienne Delaney won 66% of the vote. Dan Boots, 64% of the vote. Uh, a mildly competitive race with Roberts and Goodwin, but then Maggie Lewis, 76% of the vote. Keith Graves, 84% of the how did, vote. How did Jared uh, Evans do? Because uh, that, that one was still on the are, fence. Are you talking about <laughs> Hammer's friend? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Uh, it ended up, at one point, Schmitz was actually winning, but it ended up being, and that was, that was pretty competitive, 52.4 to 47.6. But the overwhelming majority of these races are just landslide wins for the Democrats, and then in the case of poor uh, Libby Glass, the Libertarian, the Republicans didn't even field a candidate to run against Jesse Brown. That's pathetic. Yeah. Well, also, you look at the city of Lawrence and my friend Dave Hoffman, who worked and worked and worked and worked some more. And uh, he was in neighborhoods with lemonade stands, and he really left it all on the field, and he loses. Yeah, and, I, and and in part because of straight, once again straight ticket voting. Now, yeah. I I will say this with with respect to straight ticket voting, I think you can eliminate it in Marion County, but there's there's a way it's got to be done, and you could because you can't make sort of county specific legislation, but you can do it for a consolidated county. Yeah, hide it in that yeah section under, of the code under, under that section of the code mm-hmm. that basically says to have straight ticket voting must be a unanimous vote by the uh, election uh, board by the by the election commission okay that's right in marion county in marion county well (laughs) there you go (laughs) you got it now (laughs) but but the over the other case it's a couple things right number one marion county is almost unwinnable I mean, even if you get rid of the straight ticket voting, maybe it's a lot closer. I don't know. But it's almost unwinnable based on the population shift. I mean, let's face it. Most common sense people have tried to get the heck out of Marion County. I beg your pardon. I looked right at you when I said that, too. Look, I mean, there there are obviously some very good people who still live in Marion County, but many people have said, we're just done with this. We're going to Fishers or Carmel or Greenwood or or Plainfield or we're we're done here. The question really remains that – we know there's a just a lot of petty theft and a lot of a lot of uh, crimes that are committed between 38th Street and, and Kessler, 56th Street, and a couple blocks over um, from Meridian uh, to Illinois and Pennsylvania, 
in that Butler Tarkenton area, and and you you really it comes down to the fact of how bad does it have to get where people have to, you know really want to step forward and push somebody that is going to do the work of protecting us and in, in Marion County. Yeah, that's an interesting point because the Hogsett race was basically identical. I mean, not exactly to the number, but I mean, you're looking at 59.7 to Shreve's 40.3 to the prosecutor's race. Yes. I mean, and and Shreve was, had infinite money, so he was able to get his message out. Carrasco was a very good candidate by Marion County standards, even though she didn't have the money Shreve had. So, well, she had the governor. She had the whole establishment. Right. So, it. I mean, what, what are you, what are you going to do here? I mean, what, who, who is the magic bullet for the Marion County Republicans that you're going to make a difference in this? Because it seems like the baseline now is 60-40, and you're basically not getting through that. The, the, the thing what Republicans have to do is that Republicans have to do some major, major, major soul searching. I mean, and it's going to be, and the rebuilding process is going to be like years in the making. It won't be just one election cycle. It won't be a two-year election cycle, a three-year, or a four-year. It's going to be like an eight to ten-year. Because you got to remember, uh, Indianapolis did not change overnight from Republican to Democrat. It's changed. Uh, we had a Republican council uh, for a while, and the Democratic mayor back in like 2003, and then things slowly started to change mm-hmm. uh, over time. Mm-hmm. And so 20 years later, here we are now. It's going to take another 20 years and some change for those things to turn around. This is kind of what the Democrats are doing in Hamilton County. Yep. Yeah. It's the it's – the- it's a slow roll. Yeah. It's like a, it's like a gla- it's like a glacier. Incremental. Uh-huh. Let's let's talk about messaging and voting in Marion County because uh, I guess the public nobody would look at the condition of the city and go it's really safe and really secure and we feel good. Yet it doesn't seem to matter. Well, you see, but no, but, but here's the thing though. Uh, like I like I said before, and Robert, you, you and I can't joke about this. Uh, to beat an incumbent, you have to do two things. Number one, convince the incumbent is bad, and number two, convince that. You, the challenger, yeah. is, is a much better thing. I think it was relatively easy for folks to say, hey, Joe Hogsett hasn't been necessarily a great mayor, but we don't necessarily think Jefferson Shreve is the guy to replace him. And, and, and I think Jefferson had that issue by making that emotional connection yeah. with, with voters. Now, had I been the nominee, it would have been a whole different ball of wax. I just had to get yeah. that out of my system and just say but that. that goes back to the street ticket. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. that goes back to street ticket voting. Yeah, yeah. and uh, it's... I love Indianapolis. I think I demonstrated that four years ago. We we all know Abdul how you feel about it, and it's it just breaks your heart that that for the future right now because Joe could run again in four years. I didn't think he would this time. I don't think he thought thought he would this time. But um, the soul searching has to begin. Uh, you know, some a lot of times it just boils down to money and and how you can support your precinct commitment, how you can. Um, you know, take one city council district at a time. Speaking of money, so you guys both know Shreve, right? Yeah, sure. Okay. He, I don't know what the final total is going to be. We'll see when the campaign finance re- uh, report comes out. He might have lost $20 million. Does he wake up today and be like, that sucks? Or is he just like, yeah, well, I'm so rich it doesn't really matter. <laughs> well, I mean, what's it like to lose $20 million bucks if that's indeed what he lost? Ask the lovely Mrs. Shreve. <laughs> I would imagine Mary got I mean, up I mean, this he, morning. I mean, he's stupid rich, so it's not like it's like I mean, it's equivalent of you know maybe us losing two thousand dollars or something. But I, I think they made a plan of how much money they're going to spend, and and he did this with the Senate campaign against Jack Sandlin in a mayor in a in a primary some time ago, and uh, he decided that he was going to spend the money, and 
uh, he had a plan uh, of what those expenditures were, and and they could afford it, and um, and they and they went along with that idea and that and that product. And the, and the other thing too, I think that that uh, that Jefferson, and, and it's not it's not a Jefferson person, but sometimes when he got a lot of money. Yes, you you feel like you got to spend it. Yeah, like if I don't spend this, we're going to be in trouble. Mm-hmm. So what did he do? Bought lots of ads. You know, the the lots of mailers, the whole nine yards. I was watching like an episode of Picket Fences on Hulu and saw a Jefferson Street commercial. Yeah, well, he's still going to make money today. He he probably made money in the market while he was running for mayor. So I don't know if it was thirteen million dollars or whatever that whatever that's going to be end up being spent, but. But uh, Jefferson is a very smart individual and uh, a big IU fan, and that was probably the best part of last night that they won in basketball. But bottom line is, is things the sun came up this morning for Jefferson Shreve. Uh, it is Statehouse Happenings. Rob Kendall, Jim Merritt, Abdul Akeem Shabazz. We're talking about the uh, Indy mayor's race. Okay, so Abdul, you posted something last night. I'm going to get this wrong, so you can clarify it for You're me. You're wrong. Okay. <laughs> what, what, uh, but I'm trying to figure out the phraseology. Sometimes when you win, you lose, and sometimes when you lose, you win. Exactly. Is that it? And you think that'll be potentially Joe Hogsett. Third terms are always going to be so much fun to cover. Yeah. Well, I mean, his first two were so bad, and he didn't even seem like he wants the job. That's why I'm surprised he ran again. Like, there's nothing he's running on. That you're like, he seems very passionate about Because by, by third term, most of your people, your, your sharp, really good people are you're gone. You're on your third staff. You're, you're on your, you're on your you're, third you're, level You're like on staff. the C, mm-hmm. D team. Uh, so now, what I, what I would assume is, and, and some scandal's going to pop up in your third term. Yeah, There, there are a couple of potential out there. Uh, you know, when Ballard won, we hadn't been in for a little while. And and it was just interesting to see staffing the diff- different uh, departments for the Ballard for the Ballard effort administration for eight years. It, it, um, there was just a lot of talent. It's like when Mitch came in. It, there's a lot of talent out there that that wanted to have some experience in government, and that that was great. This is totally the different uh, the different uh, point of view. And he he probably will be on his third or fourth chief of staff now. Yeah, and. Uh, uh, a lot of pe- people in the initial administration have gone off into the different places that are the quasi-government uh, type of uh, jobs, and and uh, y- you know it it will be it will be really interesting what what happens in the next year or so because you know hopefully his health is good and and uh, and and people are are. They're not getting rowdy, but I think people are starting to look towards the next, the next generation of leaders in the Democrat Party, and you'll see a lot of people in the council jostling, Bob Osley. huh? Bob Osley, Maggie Lewis, sure, and they'll be using their elbows. And uh, you know, the thing is, is I just, I one thing about this campaign, and I thought the same thing four years ago, is, is no one equates the mayor with crime. It just doesn't seem like it goes that way, and. And, um, you know, we all know public safety is number one, but it can be as bad as bad can be. And uh, and, and the Democrats will still put Joe Hawks in there for another four years. What, uh, if, she, if you're Shreve, what, and if he's going to be honest with himself, which I assume if you lose $20 million, if indeed that's what he lost, you're going to be honest with yourself. Um where did he go wrong? Did it was it that he came out of the gate and his opening salvo was ho- basically Hogshead's public safety plan? 
Was it that he didn't press Hogshead on, you know, the riots? Uh, well, one, one of the things I plan to take a look at, and it'll, it'll probably take us a couple of days uh, once all the ballots are counted, all the provisional ballots are done and the election is certified, to see, to do a comparison uh, in those heavily strong Republican townships, Franklin, Perry, uh, and Decatur, to see what, 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 if the, what if there was any sort of drop-off from when, Jim, when you ran back in uh, 2019 or when, uh, gosh darn it, I'm myself in the butt, I can't remember Chuck his name. Brewer. Chuck Brewer, yeah. Ran in uh, ran in uh, 2015 to see how many Republicans sort of dropped off because you got to remember voter registration was actually down by about 10,000 votes uh, in this election cycle, mm-hmm. uh, particularly here in Marion County, and so that'll give us some clue. Like, was it was it the gun issue? Was it the public safety issue? Was it the crime issue? But that that we got to that we got to do a little bit of a deep a deep dive. Yeah. But but you throw that in there, uh, throw in the fact also that. Uh, Jefferson, like I said, good guy, good friend, just couldn't make that emotional connection with the voter because voting is fundamentally an emotional process. Either vote for you like or against you. You can't stand. Like I said before, why is my wife like a purple iPod as opposed to a green iPod? Because purple is her favorite color. Even yeah. though, honey, they do the exact same thing. But, mm-hmm. but I, I want purple. Mm-hmm. Yes, dear. Okay. Well, if, if, um, if I'm Jefferson Shreve, I take a long vacation, number one. But two... I, I look back and and I still think it's the length of the campaign. The longer that you're campaigning, the more that you can get people to know you in the Democrat Party just because of the straight ticket voting. And and as well as you stretch that amount of money, however much you've spent over a longer period of time, you've got a, a little more seasoned team. I mean, you know, I announced on January 10th and we were adding people at that time and, and it was go time. And, and I, he had to build a campaign because they made that decision right before he filed. He had to build that campaign up and, and start spending right away because he had you, Abdul, as a, as a quality opponent. So so I think it just takes longer to get set into the into – the, you know, when you're going back to that, that, um, that church one more time or two more times, I think that people just need to get to know you and, and – and, um, you know, you can talk about not drawing blood, political blood, uh, on, on Joe Hogsett. Uh, right a- I said to Jefferson, right after the May primary, you've got to go at him with one issue, and you've got to draw blood with the riots and, and the crime and, and, and the like, and you have to bring everything back. If somebody wants to talk about the animal shelter, you bring it back to, well, if we have a high crime rate, that animal shelter's not safe. You know, if if flowers are planted on the circle, well, if we have a high crime rate, those flowers are going to die. And it has to, you know, in every debate, you have to bring it back to, well, there may be a positive, but that's not going to be a positive any longer. NBA All-Star game. You know, you talk about the crime issue. Yeah, it's great that we have announcement for the NBA, but can we keep people safe when they come into the city? Rob Kendall, Jim Merritt, Abdullah Keep Shabazz, the program of Statehouse Happenings, your weekly look at what's going on with Indiana politics and government. All right, the Indianapolis is depressing enough. Let's get back, kind of to wrap up the show where we started with kind of a statewide view. Let's start with the Democrats. Is there actually optimism for them, given how well they did in places like Evansville and Terre Haute? Or is it just like, ah, you just kind of got back to where you once were, you're back to treading water? Or, I mean, because again, they didn't, they clearly regressed in places like Hamilton County, where they were so certain they were doing so well. Let's start with the Democrats. If you're Mike Schmuel and the head of the Indiana Democrats, how are you feeling? 
Well, you probably feel really good because you got a couple of mayor's offices back. I mean, a win is a win, regardless. However, when I was a kid, I'd ask my dad for an allowance. Hey, dad, can I have my allowance now? I'm like, what did you do? I made my bed. Well, you slept in it. You messed it up. You're supposed to. You're, why should I give you money for what you're supposed to do? Yeah. So I, I, I will. I will give. I will give my Democratic friends kudos for their victories in Terre Haute and Evansville. But fundamentally, they're both Democratic cities. So what were you supposed to do? Yeah, and and you know, if if you're the leader of the Democrat Party, you do celebrate that. But but there are a lot of people that thought that uh, Carmel would turn Democrat. And uh, there, there are uh, more and more Democrats run, uh, moving into Hamlin County. And uh, way back in January, February, I was at a breakfast, a Republican breakfast, Hamlin County Republican breakfast. And uh, Mario, the, the, the chairman of the, of the county, really set out to chew everybody out. It was almost like a, a hard uh, speech towards... You know, we've been pretty lazy in Hamlet County, Republican-wise, and, and we've been we've been living off the land here with with being elected without really trying. This year, we are going to have to really get to it and uh, you know, register uh, voters, knock on doors, get out the vote, and and it's just not coming to us anymore. And he was right to to kind of set the stage for what was going to happen in the May primary. Number one, but two. Uh, in the general election, and and it looks pretty good right now with Westfield and 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 you know Zionsville's and Boone County. Well, that's, but that's a weird thing. Like they didn't even have a comp. I don't know. Did Jensen have competition in Noblesville? No. I mean, no. Uh-uh. I mean, so so you've got no competition in Westfield. You've got no competition in Noblesville. You got. I mean, but yet we're told, oh my gosh, the Democrats—they're really—they're really gaining in the Hamilton. Can- well, how could you claim to be gaining if you can't even get a candidate? Well, here's interesting. I just uh, looked at uh, the current uh, by our good friend Terry Anker. I looked at the Carmel uh, Council results and the Fishers Council results. Democrats only won one seat, right, on both. Yeah. So, so this thing that you know Carmel is changing, Fishers is changing. It may be, but. Today is not that day. It's also the type of candidate, right? I mean, Diego Morales did very poorly in Carmel. Trump yep. did rather poorly in Carmel. It's sort of Sue Fingham is a pretty liberal Republican, and she's pretty unoffensive, and she is— I would say moderate Republican. Yeah. Uh-huh, sure. <laughs> well, you, know, you can do that on your show. How about that? <laughs> Rob, I live in West Carmel, and Todd Young tied my precinct. And so, would it, you vote for Todd Young? Oh, you're the wrong person to ask that. Yeah, too. <laughs> I've known Todd for a long. I, I know, but anyway, the bottom line is, is that I think Mario had to stir up the the uh, establishment, and and uh, these elections aren't just being given to us anymore. And I saw, if you follow social media, I saw a renaissance of of power and energy by the Republican Party in Hamlin County. That that just overwhelmed, uh, and the Democrats had pretty good candidates. And you know, next year when Jerry Torsey com- it comes up, uh, I think that'll be a very competitive race for whoever we nominate for that that re- that state representative seat. So uh, the, the it's it's obvious in Hamlin County that the Republican Party has to has to uh, show a force to win. All right. Well, I feel like if somebody's going to do a better election recap in about 30 minutes, I'd like to see it because I feel like we did a pretty good job here today. <laughs> and uh, you did that in spite of the host, so it's a credit to both of you. Abdul Akib Jabaz, Jim Merritt, you guys are the best and national treasures. Thank you. Thank you.
FreedomFoodsIndiana.com is here to bring fresh fruits and vegetables right to your door. No need to ever leave the home or deal with the stress that is having to go to the store. FreedomFoodsIndiana.com makes it easy to order fresh fruits and vegetables online with the click of a mouse. I'm Rob Kendall. I love FreedomFoodsIndiana.com and I know you will too. It's a great way to keep your family eating right without the hassle of having to shop. FreedomFoodsIndiana.com Rob Kendall along with Jim Merritt and Abdul Akib Shabazz. The program is Statehouse Happenings, your weekly look at what's going on with Indiana politics and government. A couple of reminders on where you can find the folks that are on the program with us each week. Jim Merritt, he's on Twitter at Jim underscore Merritt, at Jim underscore Merritt. And don't forget, he's got a really cool podcast. It's called Merritt in the Morning, and you can find it on YouTube and Facebook. Simply type in Merritt in the Morning. Abdul, he's on Twitter, at A-T. T.Y. Abdul at A.T.T.Y. Abdul. And of course, he is the owner and operator of the very fabulous IndiePolitics.org website, IndiePolitics.org. And while you're there, you can get yourself a cheat sheet subscription and stay up to date on the latest juicy rumor, gossip, and political innuendo going on across the state of Indiana. Me, I'm on Twitter, at Rob M. Kendall, at Rob M. Kendall, and you can hear me weekdays, 9 until noon, weekdays, 9 until noon, the Kendall and Casey Show on 93.1 WIBC. And, of course, this is going to wrap up another election season for us here on Statehouse Happenings. And, of course, before the program was Statehouse Happenings, many years ago it was Capital Happenings. And it's always a real pleasure to be able to bring you the latest on what's going on with the news, the politics, the government, and elections are, of course, an absolutely huge part of that. And the election season always seems to fly by. This one was no exception. And so we want to thank each and every one of you who tune into this program each week to get news and commentary. That's going to do it for us. For Abdul Akib Shabazz, for Jim Merritt, I'm Rob Kendall. You've been listening to Statehouse Happenings.